Hi, I'm Sarah, and I'm in the midst of a 52-week challenge to get rid of Sonderlust and start to find happiness in my own life. As part of that, I've been receiving all kinds of challenges, but a lot of them have been circling around this idea of self-worth. At a wedding recently, I sat down with two of my best friends, and we talked about how we maintain worth when everyone around us seems to be living the kind of life that we want to lead. And of course, in this episode, I also sit down with my best friend, John. I want to tell you about two of my friends and the reason why it was such a blessing to be able to talk to them. First of all, Logan Grubbs. Logan has been a friend of mine for many years. And even though he's my friend's little brother, he's also an incredible confidant and someone who I respect deeply. He's a man of faith. He's someone who has an MBA. He's creative and has more followers than I can even imagine on Instagram. The next person I'm going to talk to is Blake MacGyver. Blake MacGyver is someone that has had fame since he was little. He was one of the original cast members of Full House. He was also someone who was in the movie The Little Rascals. And from the time he was about four, he's been singing and dancing his way into a lot of our hearts. He's an incredible friend and he continues to be a great actor. I can only share with you that one of the funniest moments of my entire life was us being tasked with picking up the priest at the airport. If you can imagine me, the pastor with the nose ring, walking beside my dear friend Blake, who happens to be as LA as they can get, from wearing a man romper to carrying a Louis Vuitton bag and bright sunglasses in the middle of the airport. The two of us were quite a scene as we looked frantically for the Catholic priest. Logan luckily was there to pick all of us up. This wedding was incredible. I think one of my favorite parts though was getting to spend time with the friends that I consider family. So even though you're listening in on some conversations that are with me and my friends, I hope that you'll be able to get something out of it. I think their advice is pretty universal. And if anything, just listening to the three of us talk is worth a laugh. So Logan, we have been friends for like a long time. How long? Jeez. 15 years? Yeah. Somewhere in that range? Somewhere in that range. And uh, you're one of my best friend's younger brother, but you're also my friend. And um, it's interesting because we're both in our 30s. Sure. Mm-hmm, sure. That's a true story. <laughs> both single. Uh, both just got, was at a, we were at a wedding, his sister's wedding. And a lot of the, it's hard to be, I think, 30 and single in California, but it's hard to be 30 and single in Mississippi, yeah? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so one of the things that I've been working with a health coach on, and so Sandra Lust is the idea of, have you ever listened to it or know what it's a about? A couple of episodes, yes. So it's about kind of the idea of like no longer wanting other people's lives, but instead like being fully present to my own. And so one of the pieces, like going to all these weddings and going to, um, I'm going to my 20th year high school reunion mm. and trying to figure out how to feel not awkward about being like the only single person in most of these environments. And then the idea of where do you find your worth from if there isn't like a significant other telling you you're great. And so um, I just think you always have really wise and interesting things to say. So what would you say is the thing that like, I don't know, makes you feel like you're of value. So my health coach had all of my close friends take a day and write something that they really valued about me. And I couldn't comment back and I couldn't tell them what I loved about them, but I had to just like receive hearing affirmation. And then at the end of the week, 
spend some time sort of meditating and thinking about those things that other people saw in me because probably one of the hardest things for me is my internal self-worth is not high. Mm. Part of it's our faith, I think, right? Like we're told to be humble and not think a lot of ourselves, but I'm just wondering for you in your situation when you're in Southern California and or Southern Mississippi and everyone's wondering like, oh, when are you going to get married? Because that's a question that people in the South ask all the time. How do you sort of hold on to your own self-worth and what do you think is like the key to like maintaining that sense of like, this is who I am? Yeah, I think for me, it spawns my own self-worth and self-confidence, even though I am single and even though there are certainly things in my life where I would wish them to be different, I have found that I was reading recently in the Psalms this passage, I think it's in Psalms 119, and it is, your testimonies are my heritage forever. Hmm. And so God's testimonies in my life, both from other people and my own testimony, I feel like are what are the root of my confidence. So, so the, you're going to have to explain what testimony is because our listenership is uh, some people of faith. Sure. Some people not people of faith. Some people that are, you know, the word testimony might be foreign to them. So what, what do you mean when you say God's testimony or your testimony? Gotcha. So for me, God's testimony means, or my testimony means what God has done in my life. Right. Okay. So for me... God has done amazing things. We talked last night, Sarah and I did, about how the Lord blessed both of us with amazing parents. Incredible. Incredible parents. And so in my faith, God has blessed me so much in my life that it's so easy for me to trace back the blessings that God has given me and go, oh, wow, I'm loved. I'm taken care of. Like, God has a plan for my life. He has a express will for me. Hmm. Um, and I can rest in the fact that God is sovereign. And so that's kind of a root of my faith is that God is sovereign and he's on his throne today. And so I don't have to be in control of everything. I don't have to take care of everything. I don't have to be perfect because God is perfect, right? And so in his sovereign will, it's going to be done. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Um, and and God gave you a lot of height. So that's like, a, that's the start of your blessing. Maybe so. Yeah. I've always been big in physical stature, so I've never, that's never been a, that's never been a thing. Of course there are other things in my life that I'm not as, as confident about, but yeah, I would be one of those guys that you would say, Oh, like he just has a lot of self-confidence. He's not shaken by much. Oh, He's yeah. pretty, you know, that's what my friends would say. That's what strangers would say. I, I well, don't. One of the things I love about you is every time I go back to our hometown is you are the mayor like the unofficial mayor of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Um, and I think, come on, Blakers. I think that's like because of your confidence or your sense of who you are, you have been able to, I don't know, people just adore you. And I, I wonder, do you feel that sense of like people, do you even need that? Or is it all just sort of like the idea like I'm okay because of who God is? You know, it's hard to it's hard to step out of your own self mm -hmm. and and say, oh, this is what it would be like if I were if my personality were this way, or if my stature were this way, or if my background were this way. So I don't really know the answer to that. For me, yes, I I have like some amazing friends and community 
that the Lord, once again, that I feel like the Lord has blessed me with. And that's a testimony in my life. Like when things go awry, people like you, Sarah, I have to lean on. I have rocks in my life that the Lord has placed there and I think has built us to be in community and I have an amazing community. So yes, like that is certainly something in my life that, interesting. that, um, that I love that because I think when we were talking last night, one of the reasons I wanted to like chat with you on this even is the idea of like, when I focus on those things that I'm so grateful for, like my parents or my friends, I mean, this wedding we've been at, Blake and I joked, it's like our sister got married. And, um, but it's true, it feels like I am so lucky to be a part of people's lives and the moments that I feel the lowest or least affirmed are those moments when I forget some of those things. So I wonder if even self-worth can be tied into like being grateful for the things that I'm, you know, my health coach has me doing something that is the craziest thing. It's so uncomfortable, friends. I have to stand in front of the mirror every day and say something I like about myself physically and not immediately say, but Mm. what can you imagine? So like literally standing and I grew up Canadian. Like that is such hippie weirdness. Right. Like I grew up where like, just be practical. And so like doing that and even having my friends affirm me has been so difficult. (laughs) And I think some of it is that Christian piece that I grew up with a little bit where like, don't be too proud of yourself or whatever, but it has built this really awful body image or whatever. And it is interesting to stand in the mirror and every day think like, what is one thing that I love about myself? And, and I can't say, but, and it's been some days is literally like, I love the way my eyebrow arches today, whatever it might be. Like, it's the right. most ridiculous things that you... Well, let me ask you, is it most of the time, is it something physical? When you're looking in the be. mirror, is it, it supposed has to, to be, be physical? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So, um, because I'm having people affirm me on the outside for things they love about me externally, like, uh, not externally, but not to do with my personhood or body, um, she's concerned that my inability to, like, be proud of or... Not proud of, but, like, comfortable in my own skin sometimes... Mm-hmm. Um, is a big, like it got to the point for the first time in my life this year where I didn't want people to take photos of me because I felt so big. Mm. And I have had in the past dysmorphic like understandings of my body. And so other people are like, you're tiny. In my mind, I'm not. And I've taken really drastic measures when I was younger to maintain that like, no, I need to be small. So I think it's all wrapped up in identity. And I think when we do put God first in that we like are grateful I think there is something powerful in the power of gratitude for the worthiness piece, for figuring out like every day how to be grateful. So being grateful for like, sometimes I look in the mirror and I say, wow, I'm so lucky that, you know, I can be physically fit. Not a lot of, you know, I know a lot of people who can't run or do the things that I can do. You know, I don't have a bum knee like you, so I can do yoga. (laughs) He's the weirdest bone growth thing, which is a blessing and a curse is hype. So, well, I'm grateful for all of our conversations and it was hard this weekend cause I want to like have my mic out and like record all of our conversations, but some of them were not appropriate. Um, <laughs> and some of them were four in the morning. So Blake. Yes. We just did a weekend. It was a weekend. It was a weekend. And there were good things. Yes. Beautiful things. Wonderful things. The wedding was incredible. Yes. Our friend is married. She is. She has a new last name. Well, not yet. Not real. Not technically yet, but I mean. And maybe, oh, I guess technically yes, but not legally yet. Yes. <laughs> True story. 
And one of the things that was so interesting is, so, Blake, you started acting when you were how old? Uh, four was my first professional gig, actually. Right. And the, there, was a, there was a lot of family mixing happening yes. at this wedding. And there was this moment where one of them realized they knew you from TV. Yes. <laughs> and immediately, everyone started, like, talking to you about that. Right. When, in some ways, they hadn't engaged you in conversation before. At all. <laughs> At all. <laughs> Up till that point. I think they thought you and I were, like, the weird add-ons. Yeah. Which we... 100 percent. I mean, were. technically, yes, we were. <laughs> but, but yeah, we're was, the only was, non-actual family members. Yeah, no, only non-blood related. But we are family. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering how you hold on to your like self-worth and feeling like just between you and me, like we both have achieved a lot at right. a young age. Correct. And then how do we not just use that as like, well, that's the thing everyone wants to talk to me about. So for me, everyone wants to talk to me about me being a pastor or everyone wants to talk about um, things I did in the past. And so, like, even as I get ready to go into this, like, reunion, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to pretend I'm not going to a 20-year reunion, but it's happening. As I'm going to this reunion, like, I, I don't want to, like, just be a list of achievements. Right. So how do you find worth outside of all your achievements? Because you're a very, especially when people react like that, when they're like, oh, you're that kid? This is an interesting, this is actually a really good uh, topic because... For the longest time, that's all I operated in was my self-worth was only what I have either accomplished or what I can do. Mm. And I used to have massive social anxiety if I was ever at an event where I didn't perform because it was like that was my entry. That was my like I'm allowed to be here. It is acceptable for me to be here because I am providing this service. Yes, that's how I feel. Yeah. And so. Because all the weddings I go to, I'm the one doing the wedding. Correct. Usually or often. And so it's like, well, I have meaning in that I can do this thing for you. And so it is still a constant struggle. To I literally have to talk myself off of that every time I'm at anything. Um, be it a big function or like this one, a small function. But it really, what it boils down to is I just have to remember, like, again, for example, this weekend, my worth to Molly is not what I can do. No. What I have accomplished like that that's not at all how she views me. So I almost have to step out of myself and see my try and see myself through my friend's eyes. Yeah. And it's the same way with you. Like like you don't look at me like a resume. Sometimes I forget. <laughs> right. Until we're out and somebody sees you. Right. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, he did do that." And that happens all the time, but so what I tr- also try and balance is like when I'm recognized being grateful for it because that's a lovely thing. That's a nice compliment basically to be like, Oh, I enjoyed your work in some way. Um, but also not let that inflate the ego to the place of an unhealthy. I think, don't you think it's not an actual, for me anyway, it's not an actual inflation of ego. It's building a wall. It is. That says, okay, if I can view these things that I've done, if people can think these things about me, then I don't have to actually they don't have to know me because my fear is if they actually knew me beyond achievements and lists of things that I can do and create in BBB. I just got offered to write another book <laughs> and I'm going to do it because I'm crazy. <laughs> but um, I had to stop and go, am I writing this book because I know so many people who want a book deal and I get offered a book deal? And so, yeah, this is my friend Sarah who writes books or this is my friend Sarah who speaks at all these events. Like, I just... 
that stuff, you know, this week a very two very famous people took their lives. Yeah. And I think about the places where and spaces where they felt like their achievements weren't enough, but they were known by their achievements. Right. And so we have to have a self-worth that has nothing to do with our output. And I think that is helpful to like think about like how do other people think about me? And it seems weird, like well, it's the people that are closest to you. How, right. how the people in your inner circle view you and to try and see yourself through their eyes mm-hmm. is that creates a self-worth that for me personally is so much more powerful than anything I can do or accomplish or you know, prove to the outside world that this is why I'm quote-unquote worthy. Mm-hmm. And that, because that's always going to be empty at a certain point. Well, and we live in a place where people often lead with what they, their resume. Yes, Oh, I mean, it's the typical L.A. thing, less than five minutes into the conversation. So what do you do? Yeah. Where do I know you from? How can you help my career? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. How can, literally, that's the subtext of every, like, BS L.A. conversation is how can you help me? Yeah, right. <laughs> or how can I impress you right. <laughs> with what I've done? Right. And so I guess it's, as I'm trying to figure out how to, like, 100% be grateful Mm -hmm. for where I'm at and recognizing like it's not where I want to stay it's not where I want to be like it was so hard last night I'm looking at a wedding going man I really want to get married Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's Mm -hmm. never until this show I think working on this podcast that was never something I wanted to audibly say because it was so painful of like but what if it never happens what does that say about God what does that say about me what does that to be like non unchosen not chosen we'll just say (laughs) not chosen not chosen I also feel like I should explain to people that right now we're recording in a party barn um, and there's like dead animals everywhere. Yeah. Not like... A lot of taxidermy. Taxidermy. Yeah. Everywhere. Like there's an But alligator. like a full gator, a full bobcat. A, yeah. A, yeah. It's not, it's so not we're casual. Like this... It's not like there's some antlers. I mean, there are antlers, but then there's also full heads of multiple animals. So we're having this like really deep heart to heart and I look at and an elk is giving me <laughs> side eye. <laughs> Yeah, but it's a shady side eye from that elk. <laughs> that elk is not not having it. He's like, I had a good ego until they shot me. I mean, but like he was giving side he literally was giving side eye when they shot him. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> seriously. There's also a bear that's all of its furs falling off. It's a really uncomfortable thing. But we're here because we're part of a family that's not even ours. Mm-hmm. And we get to be part of that. And last night, Logan and I stayed up late talking. We were talking about how sometimes it's hard to be, like, single and in your 30s. And for both of us, me, because I'm even older than he is, and then for him, because he lives in southern Mississippi, everyone wants to know when he's going to get married. It's like an expectation in that culture. Right. And I think it's easy to say, well, life hasn't worked out. And then him and I were talking about, but we look at our family and our parents and even the people who just let us be in their life. Mm Mm-hmm. And what does that, I don't know, what does that say or, or do or how can I be grateful and thankful even if I'm where I am right now? I don't know. How did you get out of like needing your achievements to be the thing? Well, like I said, it's, it's a constant battle. It's not, it's not something that I just o- overcame one year and then, oh, I'm good. Now I have self-worth. It's outside no. of my accomplishments. You have to constantly remind yourself of that, that you are worth more than what you can deliver so to speak 
but yeah, it's, it's having touchstones. It's having faith. It's having friends that you really know have your back. That's a good point. You know what we should do? We should call John. So, John, so what do you think about me moving to Costa Mesa? You moving to Costa Mesa is the smartest thing ever for living situation. Okay. That's where you need to be because that's where your life is and that's where people who are single are. They're not in, I don't know what that country's called that you live in. It's like not quite Mexico, but it's another, it's like Monaco, but, or maybe. Mission Viejo. Yeah, it's like those two countries in South Africa that are just kind of in the middle, but they're different countries. Okay, it's Mission Viejo. Yeah, that's where you are. Yeah, so I think that's that's genius. You're going to have a much better life. You're not going to drive so much. That equals less stress. You're closer to the office. You're closer to the church. You're closer to people. Everyone wins. Okay, next question. So my health coach, you're my life coach, so don't get all upset. As my life coach, what do you think of my health coach's rule that I I had to get, I got affirmations every day from my friends to try to like, take in my worthiness. Okay. And then I had to look in a mirror and every day say something that I liked about myself. And I couldn't do Saturday night live. Did you do it in a mirror? Yes. While wearing a cardigan? No. Oh, damn. <laughs> do you not remember that? Are you too young? I'm for good that? enough. I'm smart enough. Doggone it. People like me. No. Um, I did the whole, I had to like pick a body part that I liked look in the mirror and say, today I really like that part of me. Okay. I, it doesn't matter what I think. How did it work? Do you like you more? I'm starting to. Starting to. Mm. How do you, like, maintain, like, a healthy, like, so I talked to Blake and Logan, and Blake had such a good point, right? Because even at the wedding, these people weren't really, like, interested in knowing Blake until they know who, knew who he was. Yes, he is a child actor. He's not Blake McIver. Right. He, he's a celebrity, not a person. Right. And so that was really, I was like, how do you maintain the worth of who you are right now in this moment? Like, and not just make it about who you used to be. And he had some really great things he said. He said he thinks about what we think of him. Okay. So he thinks like what you and I and Molly and Logs and like all of us think of him. I proposed to him. So that must mean something. He tells that story. I hope you're okay with it. I love it. Okay. He was like, and there I was in Disneyland and a completely heterosexual man. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I could just see it. Hashtag proposal. Hashtag chosen. Hashtag. Anyway. <laughs> How do you like, you've gone through a lot this year. You moved. You're in a job. But you're like, how do you hold on to like your John-ness? Because the thing you said to me is that a year ago I lost my ness. Your name plus ness. Name the movie. Uh, it's, um, oh shoot, it's got Owen Wilson in it, and, okay. and oh, his friends get married. You caught me on a day where I'm throwing seven different kinds of smoke. <laughs> shoot. The doctor says most of my injuries are emotional. What movie is it? It's you? me and, me and Dupree. There you go. We got it. It's all free yet. Mm, barely. So what do you think, like, how do you? What do I do? Yeah, to hold on to your Johnness. Similar to Blake. You look at your friends. You look at the people that love you. 
And I don't even know that it's what they think of me. Uh, that That's secondary to me. I, I It's because I know they love me, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I have all these people that love me. So I'm worth, I'm worth loving, you know? I, I, I look at that and I'm like, you know, you hear people say stuff about you in passing. And you think about that. But, I, I mean, for me, it's like, I'm like, man, I have a lot of amazing friends. And not just surface friends around the world. Like every stop, I have amazing friends. And that's just even from my travels. You know, every city I'm in, I'm in someone's house having dinner or something. You know, I try to, even if it's going to kill me, I try to take the time to at least go do that when I'm in town. You know, because those relationships. And so that's kind of the thing that I really like about myself. Well, one of many things, I should say, is just my connections. I connect really well with people. So I think about my relationships and the people I've connected with. And that's not saying I'm great. That's just saying I've been open to connecting with people. And, you know, there's there's been a vulnerability with people where we connect. And I just think about that. I'm like, man, if all those people love me and it's, it's not conscious, I don't actually think about it, but you know, if all those people love me, worthy of being loving, I must be adding something to people's lives. I must be doing something because I mean, I sell car wax. It's not like I'm adding to the world with what I do. (laughs) So what I do to add to the world and, and being a value is through relationship people. So that's where it, it all comes from. My self-worth is from that, I guess. I like that. I don't think about it much, but I like who I am. I mean, there's times where I do some stupid, stupid shit, and I'm like, oh, man, that was dumb. Why'd you do that? But it, it's it's moments. You know, I try to not to make patterns out of it, and I try to learn from it. And, you know, I have not been the best in every relationship, and I have not... You know, but I never intentionally try to hurt people. I try to be leave people better than when I found them. Even Blake, like at the wedding, Blake had a day where he was just like, oh, man, the way I acted yesterday was not how I wanted to act. And it wasn't until we as his friends like said, you were great. You were fine. I think like having those people, right, those doesn't have to always be outside because I think I do need to figure out the self-worth piece on my own. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you do. And. For you, I think you need to go off somewhere and just find it. Conquer something. That's what you need to do. I'll come back to that. No, don't come back to that. I think that's... What do you mean? This is a challenge now. I did conquer something. Do you know that we raised over $8,000 for this podcast? I did. And I watched you do it from the shadows, lurking. But that was on purpose. Because if you're going to do it, you needed to do it. You didn't need me to do it for you. You needed to do it. That's a bit of a stinker that way. I missed you and all of that. And I thought maybe you didn't like it, even though it was our podcast. But there's things you need to do. It's not good if I do them. You need to do them, right? Yeah. So there's a lesson for today. Boom, dropping knowledge. But here's my thing. So challenge, and that's a good challenge, and that was great. But you need to challenge, you need to do something difficult. And I don't know if it's a physical task or it's an emotional task. But you need a a landmark moment. Like mine that I always go back to was France. Yeah. Right? 
I broke into the culture and I went there knowing no one and I went there not speaking a word of the language and I left. I was living my days in French and I broke into people's lives. And that's not easy to do there. So that's my go-to. I'm like, if I could do that and do something, and people in France actually mentioned it at the time, and they were like, man, not, this doesn't happen. So that's my, man, if I can do that, wow, what else am I capable of? And you start thinking about your capabilities, and you're like, ah, oh, I'm not so bad. I'm pretty badass. Or, you know, not that I was a superstar or did anything or anyone knows who I am, but I played professional basketball. That is something, you know, I have a, a few little things that are my moments or my achievements that I can say are very hard to do and very rarely are done. And those are the things that just kind of give you strength and just are a, a base, a building block for your self-worth or for feeling like you're capable of doing something or taking on a challenge. So, But that could even be climbing a mountain. That could be even, you know, doing a physical task that's really hard, like something that's like, whoa, that's crazy. But doing something that uh -huh. you can plant that flag in the ground and come back to that, that's huge. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of like climbing you have. really tough mountains or running half marathons or doing like food challenges or whatever it might be. But those are ones that a lot of people can do. I'm talking about something like not a half marathon, but a 50 mile race. Oh, dear. You know? And I'm not saying you have to do that, but something like that, something where it takes it up a notch. Do you feel so? Like, I feel right now like the thing might be for me, like an emotional. It could be, yeah. And that's the thing. It could be anything, but it has to be something that very few people could do because everyone's capable of doing it. But do people actually put in the work or go do it? you know, or put themselves through that. Because a lot of things are really hard work and people don't push themselves that far. And you probably have those, you know, you've done a lot of things. So it's either, I think it would be cool for you to go find a new one to do just because it's fresh. But you also need to look back on your life and find those ones that you've done and plant a flag there and go back to that. And being like, wow, look what I did, you know? I did it. Yeah. And it sounds kind of egotistical or what, but it's not. It's not when you're using it for that, when you're using it to motivate yourself, when you're using it to, you know, get yourself going. It's provocative. It gets the people going. You know what the hardest thing for me was in this challenge of looking in the mirror was that one of the rules was I wasn't allowed to say butt. But? So, oh, well, yeah. I can say my butt. Yeah. I can say my butt's cute. But I could say like, you know, for instance, one day I was working out and I looked in the mirror and I was like, I like my upper abs and my like number one, you know, thing that popped in my head, but I don't like my lower abs, whatever. And I wasn't allowed to do that. So I had to just stare in the mirror, look at myself and say, I like my upper abs, period. Yeah. And it was like brutal and hard and I need to keep doing it because that's good. But I think the, the thing for me next is I feel like there's this. There's this emotional thing, and I don't know how to name it or what it is, but there's this fear in me. There's something in me that I want to figure out how to, like, overcome that. Yeah. Maybe it is my fear of change. Maybe it is this move. What other things are you afraid of? 
like just car- any fears, like maybe a fear of heights, maybe a fear of spiders, snakes. Um, by the way, John, you would have had a really tough time in the party barn. There was a tarantula. I think I'm getting better with that. I've watched a lot of tarantula videos preparing myself for my move to the desert. Uh-huh. I feel all right with them now. I feel like, I mean, granted, I don't want one wild in my house, but I feel like if someone had one, I, I would have been okay. But it's been a lot of video watching, like I, because I, I know I'm going to come across them at some point out here. I think I still have the fear of dating. Okay. I think that's probably my biggest hang up. Yep. And that's fair. I would absolutely give you that's a fear. And that's a fear that I think you need to face. I think I have a fear of, I think the fear of making the wrong decision, because I think when I first moved away from Costa Mesa, it was a bad decision. Ah, okay. And it was made because of the person that I was in a relationship with at the time. Yeah. You, you let a situation control and dictate your moves. And it shrunk your life. It did. And it, I feel like my biggest fear right now is like, what if I make a change and it's the wrong one? But like, I have to remember, like, I own my house. I can keep it. I can rent it out. Yeah. It's month to month. Yeah. And so what I have to get rid of furniture, like, that's not the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone. Yeah. True. And it's much smaller than my house and so that's scary. And, you know, I think just like starting a new life, even if it's, one that's exciting or, or new or whatever that might be, like, it's scary. Yeah, very scary. You know, I'm about to be on the stage in front of thousands of people again. Like, that season's starting again in the next two weeks. I was a featured speaker in an email that went out for a festival. And I think that's, I mean, that's scary for me. It's scary to be seen in that way and to feel like a fraud and to feel like people are going to be like, your life is a mess. Like, I don't know. I feel like the last couple of I haven't felt like myself, which part of that, I think, honestly, is that I haven't talked to you or Molly or Blake. Yeah. Yep. You know, or even my close friends here, like my friend Jerry and people like that. Like I, I have been going, 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 and I haven't had any time to connect with anybody. Like I feel like Sarah has been gone. And that sounds so dramatic, by the way, but there's this weird sense of like, everything got really crazy as I started, you know, traveling all over to speak at these events, which were great, but there's no like home for me. There's no home base. So I'm scared of making the wrong decisions more than anything in my entire life. Here's the other thing. You can't be scared of that. You just have to make decisions and some will be wrong. Some will be right. I've made a lot of wrong decisions, but it's okay. You just keep going. That's the thing. If you think you made a mistake, you let it stop you, right? You let it shut you down from doing things or you, you know, let the ending of a relationship move you and keep you from living somewhere or, you know. Right. So, yeah, you need to say, hey, I made a mistake and that's okay. I ran away from the city six, five, four years ago, five years ago, because everything was so hard and had so many memories and... Yeah, and that's a cool city. You know. It's a really cool city. Your townhouse would be perfect for me right now. Uh, it was such a great... Well, I had it really easy. So, yeah. Yeah, really easy and really good. Yeah, that was a good time. I think I'll forever... Well, townhouse, I'll forever miss our house in the back bay. And I think that's hard, too. It's hard to let go of those years we had. Which one? With Bruce or Don? <laughs> Either one. Don more. 
Yeah. But, and you've got to keep those memories, but you can't stay in an era or look at that as it's the be all end all of a time and a place that was great. But there, there's other places out there and it's a new time and a new season and there's new stuff and go rock it. It's an adventure. You're right. And on that note, I have to say goodbye. All right. Love you. I love you. And I will talk to you soon. Please, you can, I miss you, seriously. Even if you have like five minutes, call me. All right. My life should be slowing down the next two weeks. I don't think I have trips before I have to go to Florida for a week or so. Um, but I should be around. So anyway. All right. Love you. Love you too. Bye, intern. Bye, John. Abby slash Gail slash Abigail. Moose slash Yeti slash <laughs> Father John. Father John. Malor. I, I can do baptisms, christenings, <laughs> last rites. I can do all that. You're a liar. Oh. <laughs> Bye. I'm a dreamer. Yeah, you are. All right. Bye. Bye. So how's it going? All this worth challenge? Well, sometimes it's a little bit better. There are days when I start to see my value a little bit clearer. And I do believe that some of that comes from God for sure and from my belief that I was created and beloved. But some of it is also coming from an internal voice, one that is learning to be less of a critic. I'm so grateful for my friends who are trying to help me along in this process, and I'm grateful to you, the listeners, who join me in it. So who knows? Maybe you should try your own affirmation challenge and ask your friends, just for a couple of days even, can you tell me what is so great about me until I can carry it and believe it myself? Well, friends, thanks for listening. And as always, good luck finding your bliss. Guys, it is with so much excitement that I get to share with you that our Kickstarter campaign ended up being 109% funded. I am so grateful for all of you that partnered. And over the next couple of weeks, you'll hear more about our different partners. But I want to share a couple of shout outs. The first is to Abington Press. The next is to Sheena Cartret, Bob and Chris Heath, and Jonathan Heath, happen to be family, Mike McCarg, Aubrey Williams, Jesse McLaughlin, and Jay Sawell. What a gift it is to partner with you. Being fully funded means that we can continue the show and it's only going to get better from here. So thank you so much for partnering with us. Sandra Less, the podcast is hosted by me, Sarah Heath. This episode was edited and mixed by Chad Michael Snavely and the team at CM Studio. To find out more about them, visit cmstudio.co. Sandra Less website was created by Alex Maldonado. The theme song was written and performed by Daniel Roberts. You can visit us anytime at sondralistthepodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for updates and exclusive content. If you like the show, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Most importantly, leave a review. It's a great way to spread the word and help people find the show. So until next time, thank you so much for listening and keep looking for your bliss.